At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Welcome, everybody, to the SI Media Podcast. I'm your host, Jimmy Trana. And joining me this week are, we'll have two guests. We have... Ken Rogers from Hard Knocks, which starts on HBO next Tuesday. Always one of the best sports shows around. And you're going to hear from Andrew Martian of the New York Post. We'll go around uh, the table on some media news. But we're going to start right off the bat with Ken Rogers, the senior coordinating producer for NFL Films, head of Hard Knocks. And he joins the SI Media Podcast right now. Ken, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Uh, my pleasure. I'm a, I'm a huge Hard Knocks fan. And uh, we finally get a taste of football this coming Tuesday with the, yeah. fr- with the first episode. Uh, let's start with a very simple question. The, why the Browns? How did it come about the, to do the Browns? Um, I, I assume you guys want teams you haven't. I know you've repeated teams in the past, but we've never seen the Browns. Is, is that a big factor in, in picking a team for the upcoming season? Uh, I think so. I think we'd love uh, every team uh, in the National Football League to at some point appear on Hard Knocks. That's our goal, certainly, um, is to always find uh, a different team. Sometimes they repeat because they are an interesting story that are different than the previous times uh, we've we've repeated uh, the the Cowboys and Bengals, and those shows were different from each other enough that we we didn't mind uh, going back. Uh, the Browns were really um, uh, our number one draft pick. I mean, from the start, we thought, what an interesting um, ground to build upon. The, the, the last two seasons have obviously been hugely disappointing. And what we look for in, in Hard Knocks is unique situations because, let's be honest, training camp's kind of boring. It's kind of the same thing. Every day in every NFL city, they they run routes, they practice this, they go in and they study, they go to sleep. <laughs> There's not that much uh, fantastic material going on. So if you can start with some stakes and some uh, really different terrain that you've never touched upon, you got a head start at least. And we certainly felt that from the beginning with the Browns coming off 
the winless season, how, how do you come back from that? That's right. something we haven't explored. What are the steps that you you have to take? What's the mindset that you have coming into the next season? Is it how do you get yourself positive again after that? Uh, and that was before drafting Baker Mayfield and and the rest of the draft picks. That was before Jarvis Landry signed with the team. So we were already in, and then when those things happened, it just it, it made complete sense. And I think Cleveland, as an organization, is in the same spot where they feel like, listen, we've done, we've hit the bottom. Let's let's start climbing and show people that we're we're climbing, uh, and that we're dedicated to to moving up this ladder that we seem to have fallen down uh, repeatedly. So. Uh, there's a really good vibe there, and uh, I think already our choice is, is paying off. We we really sense a uh, a, a movement there. You know, it really feels yeah. like they're driven, uh, as I'm sure they were in the past. But everyone, I'll tell you, uh, every camp in the NFL has this feeling of hope, and and uh, you know we're we're going to do great things. Who knows what's going to happen during the season? But I think they're going to be a really interesting preseason team. How badly do you and HBO want them to sign Des Bryant? Uh, that would be, I'm sure it would be great for HBO. Uh, you know, we try to pride ourselves on being ready to do whatever, uh, do justice to whatever storylines happen because we can't, I can't sit here now and hope that Des Bryant's going to be signed in the next couple of days because then I'd be relying on that. And when it, when and if it doesn't happen, oh boy, what do we have a big right. ten minute ten minute hole in the show? Right. What do I do? So we sort of always um, look forward to big news, and that would be great in terms of uh, storytelling and addition of uh, you know a player that a lot of people know and are interested in finding out about, but. We are probably the the most conservative when it comes to expecting things like that. We we we've just learned to expect the unexpected uh, on this show. Yeah, uh, give me give me some info here now. What is going on with this RV? So Baker Mayfield uh -huh. has an RV, but I, the cameras are not allowed in there. Is that accurate? Well, you know, that's definitely uh, what he's told the press. Uh, but I can, I can tell you that we're reaching out to uh, Tom Cruise <laughs> to see if he'll join our cast, uh, you know, of of crew out there, so that we can obtain this Mission Impossible uh, now, goal of uh, of getting in there. Who, I, is the is the RV just for Baker Mayfield or is it for all the QBs? No, it's for, it's for all the quarterbacks, and okay. and honestly, it's one of those things that sounds and and reads in the media as much more exciting than it is. It's a place for them to go sleep and relax between uh, meetings and and practices. The the Browns have a room there uh, full of thirty beds. There's 90 guys in camp, so um, the quarterbacks got an RV to, right. to sleep in. There's no secret society or parties, as far as we know, going on in there. Um, but you know, we'll still we'll still cover it as a story. It's certainly um, caught on in the last week nationally. Uh, but my guess is people uh, <laughs> that are expecting some sort of um, ritual inside or uh, secret conversations um, 
are going to be disappointed is pretty much uh, a place to escape everything and just chill out, I think. It's it's funny to see the evolution of, of the athlete through Hard Knocks because I remember when the Texans were the featured team, one of the big uh, sort of segments that was kind of memorable and funny was how J.J. Watt sneaks off into this little corner uh-huh. for a nap every day, and now Baker Mayfield has an RV to take his naps. So. <laughs> uh, hey, sleep is important. Yes. Uh, they don't get <laughs> a, a much of it. Our yeah. crews don't get much of it. Our editors don't. So we get a little jealous when we see that the, the players get to take a nap in the middle of the day. So tell me tell me about the, the weekly process, if you don't mind. I mean, I, listen, I, sure. you know, you go through seven days that you could probably talk about it for hours, but... Just for the people listening, I'm curious. So the show, if I'm not mistaken, I think the show has aired on different days over the years. I remember it used to be Wednesday, Thursday, Wednesday. Now you're up to Tuesday. Yep. Uh, well, well, why is that? Why earlier in the week? Any any specific reason? Just a programming thing? Or I think it's a programming thing, but also the NFL week in the preseason does sort of correspond roughly to the regular season. And the games are... Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Right. So the natural pace of a camp is you're preparing for that preseason game, uh, and then there's a day off, which would be Friday or Saturday or Sunday, and then you come back and you start preparing for the next game. So there is a sort of natural ending that allows uh, most of the the storylines to conclude by – say Saturday, Sunday, right. when things happen on Monday, of course, we try to get them in the show, you know, and, and do justice to them as we've done over the years with uh, the, the biggest uh, example being with the Jets. Um, you know, and their late, Revis, was that? Yeah. yeah, Revis showing up at the end of episode five, which was shot, you know, 20 some hours before it actually aired. Uh, and we didn't know it was going to happen. We're hoping, I mean, we, we stretched the storyline out for five weeks and (laughs) what's going to happen. And it was probably the last hour we were there. Here he comes walking on the field and it was like, it was a gladiator moment. It was incredible. It's goosebumps. Um, So what we do is, is just stay aware because it's not like we stop shooting episode uh, say two at a certain time, right. all we do is really just keep shooting and some of it will make it into episode two and the rest continues into episode three. Uh, it's a 24-hour-a-day shooting schedule. Uh, if, if, if the players are up and the players are doing something, our crews are too. And w- the, what that leads to is uh, this year about 400 hours per week of footage shot yeah. on, on site. So that's tough enough. Like, how many, go, I don't mean to interrupt. Yeah. How many cameramen do you have, just out of curiosity? Uh, there, there are five cameras at every practice, uh, and then the robotic cameras um, that are shooting in all the offices. Okay. So, so five cameras at practice and robotics to catch 400 hours per week. It's pretty, pretty impressive. Yep. I mean, we, we barely stop shooting you know, for, for lunch. Okay. Um, uh, and then additional cameras up to... Uh, eight, nine cameras uh, additional will come in for the games to help cover all the wires. Right, right. So um, it's actually a small footprint for the amount of material we get. Uh, but the the average comes out over the course of five weeks uh, to, be, to be around 400 uh, now. And, and so the... 
yeah. the the footage is one thing, but then trying to turn that around in the time given, mm-hmm. which is seven days, that's what makes Hard Knocks different from everything else. I think if you watch Survivor or a show like that, they they probably shoot a lot as well, but they have months to edit the story together and make sure they get it right. I can I can tell you right now, I don't know fully what happens in episode one of Hard Knocks because not all of it has happened yet. Right. I don't know. Well, when, it's going to happen and we're going to put it on there. When will you start the editing process for episode one? So we edit, we edit as we go, for okay. sure. So... Uh, there's a team of, of over 20 producers, uh, filmmakers here at NFL Films uh, in Mount Laurel, New Jersey, that will be assigned to different storylines by position group, by events. Um, you know, someone will edit the the opening speeches. Somebody will edit the um, quarterback section, and and on and on. And then we will come late in the weekend, start putting it into. Uh, that probably probably results in about three hours of rough cuts. We start putting it into the form of the show that will air on Tuesday night. Um, so n- we never stop editing, just like we never stop shooting, because the material comes in and you're constantly updating storylines, uh, finding better footage. You know, two days into shooting, we could have put an hour of television on. Um, we had plenty of material. None of it was especially great. Uh, practice hadn't started yet. And as we go each day, it's, uh, it's sort of like relegation. You just sort of knock something off the list and say, oh, we got something better. So let's put this in there. And uh, by the end of the week, our goal is to just put the, the the most entertaining yet accurately informing 60 minutes on the air. And the show airs Tuesday night. When does the editing for that episode end? When do you have to have it done and shipped to mm-hmm. HBO? We begin the satellite feed uh, and computer feed, and, and we actually even uh, get a tape sent back with their, uh, with their staff. We're, we start that at 7 p.m. on Tuesday. So... Uh, we're not done until a couple wow. hours. I, there, there's plenty of times where uh, I have to wrap up things uh, or prepare for the next day, and I get home and the Hard Knocks logo is just coming up on the screen, and I, I literally just stopped helping this show get on air, and here it is on HBO. It's, I, it's, it's an incredible feeling. I was expecting you to say 7 p.m. Monday, so you're actually editing the show on Tuesday, and it airs on Tuesday. That wow. Sure. I mean, there's a whole post-production process. You know, the, It's not as easy uh, as editing it together, of course, at NFL Films with our, uh, with our great score and our uh, composers who write the music. Uh, the writing has to be done for Liev Schreiber. Uh, the color correction, the uh, lower thirds of that give people's names, and the mixing of the the music together with the sound. It's a the last 24, 36 hours are a mix of creative and technical. That probably 50 people here are working on the film in different departments to get their job done, so that it can all combine. Uh, mid-afternoon, late-afternoon, Tuesday, to send out to HBO. You, you mentioned Liev Schreiber, and mm-hmm. he's such a huge part of that show because he's so good. I was curious, when is he doing his voiceovers for the show? If it airs on Tuesday, is mm-hmm. he doing that Tuesday morning, Tuesday afternoon? 
It's usually Tuesday morning. Okay. Um, yep, it's Tuesday morning, and uh, we certainly have the ability if – uh, something were to come up, we would reach out to them. It hasn't um, it, it, that we would need to to rescript, but there's never been an issue, which is uh, a testament to our writer Jerry Rimo and and Liev's professionalism when he when he reads. He's, a, I mean, Do you, he he's the constant. He's a constant character of Hard Knocks because yeah. the team changes every year, but it's still the same person leading you through it. Uh, and and he actually really sees it as a character. There are there are things that he wouldn't say because the character of Hard Knocks narrator wouldn't say that. Right. Um, and and that just shows you how serious he takes it. And I, I still get goosebumps the first time you hear him voice something and it comes oh, out on the air. It's absolutely. Like, oh, football has started. Yeah. Be, be honest. Have you ever asked him to voice something for you personally, like you know, a, a wedding a anniversary video for your wife or a kid's birthday? Because no. I would be doing you that. <laughs> None of us have the guts because he's also a pretty tough guy. You right, know? Right, like, right. <laughs> you, you, you don't want uh, him showing up on your doorstep, you know, uh, knocking and saying he has an issue with you. He's, right, right. he's an incredible actor, and but he he has a presence where even over a computer line which is how we record him wherever he is in the world whether it be LA New York Long Island overseas he's been he's been in Europe many times uh doing movies when we've voiced this and we find a studio for him even over the computer line you just you, you, you all of a sudden you get respectful uh, when he gets on you just all of a sudden uh feel the presence even through a computer line yeah absolutely it's a huge part of the show um yeah it, we know about baker mayfield guy's got i think a, a great personality mm-hmm. is 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 there can you give us a a potential breakout star we may not know about for this mm. season i know it's early well, but is there something we should keep an eye on First, let me write down this name. Baker Mayfield, you yeah. say, should be in the show? I have a feeling okay. he's... I have okay. a feeling um, a, lot of, the, a lot of the Hard Knocks publicity will, will generate around Baker. Just a guess. Okay. Just Mayfield, guess. you say. I'll, I'll make sure. Um, yeah, I mean, we're still discovering that. There will be. There always is. Uh, right now, the stars are definitely showing up. You know, we're, we're having a great time telling the story of Jarvis Landry, um, and um, Tyrod Taylor and and Miles Garrett. Um, mm-hmm. There's there's the stars are all there, so we have everything we need on that list. Um, and I think there's a couple people that we're we're choosing from. I actually think the the breakout star is going to be Hugh Jackson, and he oh, might not be all that much of a breakout for people who know him. Mm-hmm. But I, I think there's a there's plenty of people across the country who would say they don't really know who Hugh Jackson is as a person or a coach. And certainly what they've heard about his record in the last two years, to believe, you know, you might turn, tune into the show and be unimpressed. I think, I think that will go away. I think uh, if nothing else, you can never um, guess what's going to happen on the football field, but if nothing else, people will come away respecting him as a as a coach and, and as a man, um, regardless of whether the team makes huge strides this year or not. Right. Um, getting away from the Browns, a couple of overall questions about the show. 
Mm-hmm. I, I'm a huge fan of the show. I watched I've watched every episode of every season. I have I have said in the past I've written this I think in in my column on SI.com, though. I do think the show's been hurt a little bit by social media in terms of a lot of, you know, if Baker Mayfield does something crazy, we're going to see it in five seconds on Twitter. Do you do you feel do you feel like it's a, that's accurate or unfair? And do you feel like social media has presented a different challenge for you guys in putting out the show? It's a different challenge, but it's probably a little opposite of what you would think. Um, we're, we're never really worried about social media as a competitor um, in that our our access and our scope of covering 90 players plus um, all the coaching staff, there's, there's always plenty of stuff that no one knows anything about. And I'm not going to tell you them, but I know lots of things that are going to be in this show that you'll watch and you'll say that that was an amazing moment and you have no idea it's coming. Um, but there's plenty in this first episode, and or, uh, the the thing that that has changed is if something does blow up on social media, um, and the RV might be a good example, it's harder to cast that aside and say, you know, the RV isn't really something big, or this storyline, this player that everyone's talking about isn't very big. Let's put it aside because there's an expectation now that that's the big story at camp mm-hmm. when, when in actuality it's the big story in the media. And when you are with the team and certainly with all 90 players, it's, it's not that it's not the big story of camp. Right. You know, the big story of camp is they're concentrating on football and yeah, there's an RV in the parking lot. That's real fun, but the, on to the next play. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. it's not a huge big topic of conversation, but you have to know that the audience expects it because they've seen it all over social media. So we've actually had to not, not necessarily see it as a competitor, like, Oh, they, uh, you know, social media has hurt the access to the show. It's actually more like, um, it's, it's added a layer of interest that we have to address, uh, for our fans. Yeah. And how, how much battle do you get from teams, not just the Browns this season, but in years past over don't show this, don't film that. Mm -hmm. Is it, um, I mean, I'm sure it happens every year with every team. How does the ultimate decision come down on on whether to listen to a team's request or not? Yeah, you'd be so shocked at at how very little that happens. Um, and I and I always am. I think there's a great trust in how we treat things, um, and that has allowed us to show things that you might otherwise think a team would say, "Hey, you're not showing that." Uh, I think back to the to the Chad Johnson. I believe that time he was Ocho Cinco arrest uh, in Miami, and it, uh, it's very natural to think, well, the team's never ever gonna want, like that's going away. Um, and as many other teams in other difficult situations or n- not so flattering moments for someone involved, uh, understood that the very best thing would be to just be open about it and say, here's how we handled it. And so showing the Coach Philbin-Chad conversation really put a stop to everyone wondering, oh, I wonder if they they screwed this up as an organization. Mm -hmm. I wonder what that conversation was like. I wonder if, you know, they said this to Chad or that to Chad, or I wonder if Coach Philbin was forced to make this decision. And all these things that people would normally project upon the story, the, the 
transparency of that situation on Hard Knocks really you can't get more difficult than that uh, as a filmmaker to try to, to try to cover. And the answer and the solution was, let's just show what happened because then we don't have to worry about creatively. How do we deal with it? Mm-hmm. We just show what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've always done that. We had, we, we really pride ourselves on not twisting things um, out of perspective. And although Liev gets us from scene to scene, there's not a lot of editorializing by Liev. And right. so we leave it to the coaches to set the tone. We always say to the coaches, uh, they always ask, well, what, what's your you know, message? What's your overall theme going to be? Are you going to talk about us as an 0-16 team? Or are you going to talk about us as I'm a new coach? Or are you going to talk about us as uh, we're loud and boisterous like Rex and the Jets? And our answer is uh, – we don't know you yeah. whatever you do is what the show will feel like so yeah i mean it's you, almost if you're going to sign up for the show you have to sort of expect that you're going to you know things are going to be shown that you may not love but you did sign up to do the show so if, you know yeah there's no doubt yeah. and especially at this point there's a long i mean the show's been on since 2001 so there's right. a very long awareness of what the show is and you know i don't think it it, it would be any surprise to any team to say hey so how are you you know, in what room are you going to uh, cut players and what day is that going to be? They, and they wouldn't say, "What well, you're not showing that. Right. And, well, it's hard not. That's part of the story. So uh, there's been very, very little. Um, and there's really been nothing in terms of the embarrassment or things that we shouldn't be hearing. It's always about football. Like right. these guys, these guys aren't really embarrassed or concerned about who they are. Mm-hmm. or if they look bad or if, you know, because at the end, they're all good, good people. Like I've never had a character on the show that would be like, wow, he's just really bad and we need to make sure he, I mean, yeah. even Brian even Cox who, one year was not exactly a likable figure, but that's just, me. <laughs> that's just, just you. Just See, me. I would like to hang out and smoke a cigar with him. But, yeah. Uh, you know, but that's the thing. They're all, they're all like, it's sort of like the, the political landscape of the world. You can differ with somebody, but at the end, they're they're probably a, a, a pretty good person, you, you hope. Um, and so there's never really been a worry about personal things. It's always professional. These guys are so intent on the slightest edge that they could get uh, that they pour over what is going to be shown on the show Tuesday morning when they get to watch it to make sure that we didn't miss anything that, that, you know, they don't, um, that we don't show a quarterback saying refrigerator, refrigerator, because that, you know, is a signal to the right guard to do something. Mm -hmm. And you hear it in the background, someone saying refrigerator, like, uh, and we didn't even know what refrigerator. They're like, yeah, you got to get that out. That's the, Oh my God, that's ridiculous that that, that you would put that in. Yeah. And and we're like, okay, that's not <laughs> No one's going to miss that in right, our audience. Right. The Hard Knocks audience is a, is a real mix between football uh, fanatics and people who don't well, really want, watch yeah, they football. Want the, they want the personalities and they want the yeah. – um, I, I would assume, and it's always dangerous to assume, but I, I would be shocked if the answer was not yes, the Patriots are the dream team for one season. Sure, the pa- – yeah. yes. Um, but there is a zero percent chance that will happen as long as Bill Belichick is the head coach. 
I don't think there's a zero percent chance, uh, and I'll tell you why. Oh, please. Do. Um, Coach Belichick allowed us in 2009 to follow him during the entire season for the debut episode of A Football Life. Right. Uh, and wore a wire every game of the entire season. He's the first coach in NFL history to do that. Um, and he's since opened up to us a, about his championship seasons in the Do Your Job series that we put out two shows about the the actual game plans. Um, and he's done this, uh, you know, incredible 30 for 30 that I uh, directed last year with uh, Coach Parcells. And, and that was and a phenomenal about, 30 for 30. Phenomenal. Thank you. Talked about something that you would think, well, he's never going to talk about that. And they both well, I think, talked I, about it. But I think sitting down with Parcells and talking about the past is different than having him as coaches, as players, mic'd up during practice where, you know, he's known for being – a, a psychopath, basically, and you know. <laughs> well, um. <laughs> look, I'm, I'm, I, I, I've been around him a lot. I would say there's probably moments like that, yeah. and I can tell you for sure there's moments like where he's the nicest person in the world, and you can't believe that you're talking to Bill Belichick in this way, and he cares so much about people. Um, I think that's the uh, the way with a lot of coaches. They are driven right, well, so, so far. But I'll t- I don't think – listen, I'm not saying the Patriots have an 85% chance of being on the show one day. I'm saying it's not zero. You know, you, if you got the Patriots, you'd have to go to two hours an episode between Belichick, Brady, Gronk, Edelman, you have a you know you have a lot mm-hmm. there if you get the Patriots. So I would or, love. To, I think every. I mean, I think as much as fans want to say they hate the Patriots, I think anyone if they were the Hard Knocks team, I think that would be, you know, if you say there's not a zero percent chance, and you know, 2019, let's go, let's do it. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to increase those odds every yeah. year, but you know, as, as always. Uh, as long as they keep winning, they can't be chosen off right. the list of uh, of teams that can be compelled to do it. Right. Um, and to be honest, to play devil's advocate, do you think that you get? I mean, you certainly get the interesting personalities, but there's not going to be a lot of goofing around at that at that camp. Well, and um, I don't think. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm just speaking for myself. I would be more fascinated, I think, by uh, the goofing around is not what I would be looking for. I'd be looking for what's going on with Alex Guerrero, what, you know, mm-hmm. Brady, um, you know, the Kraft Belichick conversations, perhaps. Uh, there, Like I said, there would be so much there. I, I don't, you know, I don't know where you'd begin, but no. we'll see. Yep. La- last one. And um, I'm curious. I'm curious about you're on HBO and the distribution of the show in this day and age. Um, yeah. I, in f- full disclosure, I, I want to be honest, I, I have railed against the NFL about a million times because I, I don't think they're very nice in letting people use their clips and highlights and videos and that, that stuff. And you have a show that's, you know, in this day and age, something great happens on the show. People want to see the YouTube of it the next morning or the, you know, the, the Twitter clip of it the next morning. Uh, and I feel like there's always been a limited amount of that stuff. Is it, can we look? Is it always? Is it still going to be that way? Do you think you'll expand and maybe release more stuff, or is, because it's an HBO show, it's a pay service, you got to keep that stuff, you know, sort of tied up for, mm-hmm. you know, you want people to watch the show. What's the philosophy there? Because the way things are now, it's you know, so many distribution outlets, but you're still HBO. I'm curious about how you go yep. about that. 
So the uh, there's a couple answers to that, which is uh, certainly 10 years ago when I started running the show, it was nothing goes anywhere. There, there's no such thing as putting something on the Internet. What That's insane. Right. Um, we only want people to, you know, watch HBO to to see this show. Now, um, you know, HBO even is interested equally in you turning on HBO at 10 o'clock on Tuesday nights and watching the show on their streaming platforms, HBO Go, HBO Now. Um, and so even watching the show is much more available. Yep. Um, the first episode is usually um, put out online uh, um, in past years for people to see, of course, to, to let you know what the show is about and hopefully you'll watch the next four. And we usually put out a, a couple minutes each week of the show before and after. But mm -hmm. the big change that we've made recently, starting last year uh, and, and even greater this year, is we now have a dedicated social media crew uh, on site that has the same access that our main cameras do. Okay, so great. we've created this hard knocks now platform on our social channels on HBO's social channels on the team social channels where you can uh, watch hard knocks now and see what's happening with the Browns now rather than just getting the show come Tuesday. It's sort of like a, an additional bonus material uh, bouquet to the fans. And it's, it's not something that's, that's frankly that's being paid for or is like this big thing with a sponsor. It's really just us trying to give more um, and interact more with our fans because we know that people love talking about the show. We know they love watching the clips. Uh, we know they, they just uh, get hooked on the funny moments on the, on the tough moments and we can't put them all out there because right. then why not, you know, why would you sign up for HBO? But there's a lot more these days uh, if you know where to look. Yeah, yeah, that's good. And I write at dailycolumnpress.com where it's a, you know, I, I have a little opinion thing, a take on something, and then I round up the best of the Internet. And the day after Hard Knocks, I'm always looking for clips, and it would be nice if, you know, more were available. So that's, that's really yeah. where I'm coming from. I remember, I mean... I, I shouldn't tell you this, but it's funny now. Um, back years ago, I used to write this column called Hot Clicks, which was very popular on SI.com. Thank God. Thank mm -hmm. you for the readers. And uh, like you said, back then, nothing was put on. And I would every every day, I would every the day after Hard Knocks would air, I would always get emails. Do you have the latest episode? I'd go on YouTube and I would embed the latest full episode. And at like 10 in the morning and by noon, it was off of YouTube. And it was a game every week to see how long it would stay up where people could watch it for free on YouTube. But like you said, I mean, these days, um, you don't think I, yeah. uh, you don't think we know that we're watching. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. We're we, we know. We got your number. Those episodes <laughs> would get taken down so fast. It wouldn't even be funny, but I'd get it up there for about an, an hour or two for the diehard people who read the column right away. Listen, so. I had, I had to, I had to put this interview way up the ladder to get clearance to talk to an enemy of the state yes, here. I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> but I'm a big fan of hard knocks always have been. And I will, I've watched every episode of every season and I will, uh, Definitely be watching every episode of this season. I'm a huge Baker Mayfield fan too, so I'm very curious yeah. to see what happens. So I well, thanks, I appreciate it, and I thank you for coming on and uh, giving us the lowdown on one of the really great sports shows of all time. So I, I do appreciate it.
Well, I appreciate the kind words, and, and we're going to keep going for years to come because uh, that's our goal, every team, one day on Hard Knocks. <laughs> we're looking for the Patriots. All right. Thanks a lot, Ken. Appreciate <laughs> okay, it. Okay. Take right, care. Take care. Joining me now, regular on the SI Media Podcast, one of my favorite things I've done with this podcast is made Andrew Marshan, the media reporter for the New York Post, a regular. He's back to opine on several topics. Andrew, how's it going? It's going pretty well. Um, how, how are you doing, Jimmy? I'm doing very well, and I uh, want to start with something national here. People sometimes get, get up in arms because you're from the New York Post, and I'm a New Yorker, and then we talk about Francesa, and you know, the people not in New York get a little snippy. So let's go national to start with. Uh, Les Moonves got hit with the Me Too movement recently, Ronan Farrow, who, if he's writing about you, watch out because it's not going to be good. Uh, big story and Les had is allegedly um, allegedly was doing very bad things harassing women sexually harassing women and firing women if they didn't sort of go along with his advances and I'm curious if this means anything for CBS Sports if he right now CBS is doing an investigation they've been quiet about it let's hypothetically say he's out at some point um, you know, we always see him, it seems like, every Sunday in Robert Kraft's box. Does this do anything, CBS Sports, the NFL, SEC on CBS, or is it a wait-and-see thing? Well, if you go on the presumption that Les Moonves won't survive this, right. and he's one of the legends of you know TV executives of all time, or you know corporate executives, really, uh, but let's say he does not survive. Yeah, this could be a seismic shift uh, for sports at CBS uh, because it's unclear who would replace him. Um, and so you don't know what that person thinks of the current media landscape. And although CBS has had a lot of success with the NFL, you know, the price tag is um, what it is, is, you know, very high. And, you know, it's unclear where everything is entirely going. So, you know, move this, it seems apparent, believed in the NFL and has believed in it. Um, you know, CBS has been, you know, number one um, overall, you know, as a network for a long time now. And I think you have to point to move this for the biggest reason why. So um, if he is not back, uh, it could have um, a big impact on sports. But, you know, that, that said, you could come in, Somebody could come in to replace him, and that person um, may have the same sort of outlook on things, and so you know maybe it doesn't change anything. But but well, yeah, that's a, that's a big deal. Yeah, and a, a person could come. You know, this is all hypothetical, obviously. But if Les is out and someone replaces him, they could be just as into the sports packages, if not more. But what also could change is you know less. Uh, it, it's a Sean McManus CBS Sports deal, but. If whoever comes in maybe doesn't like Jim Nance or, you know, wants a younger voice or I mean, there could be a ripple effect in in multiple ways. No, no doubt that people will look back at that. You know, just as you look back on most things in life, this could be a very big shift. Yeah. Move this. It seems like a Nance guy, Um, you know, and I think you could make a big argument. Nance is tremendous at golf, maybe the best at golf, Um, not as good at football. Um, hoops, you know, kind of just um, 
you know, it doesn't do the regular season, comes into the Big Ten, does the NCAA tournament. You know, he's still fine, uh, but right. uh, is he the best you could do for that NCAA tournament uh, final? I'm not sure. So um, if a person comes in and, you know, they, they're not as big a Nance guy as Moondis and, and, and McManus are, uh, then there could be a change. Vernon Raftery or Ian Eagle and Raftery would be so much better than Nance and Raftery. Just throwing that out there. And you don't need Grand Hill, by the way. My own opinion, not Andrew's. Um, yeah, no, you probably, I, I probably agree with those things. All right. That, we're off to a good start. Um, I think it's better when we disagree, Jimmy. Just so well, you know. well, I'm sure we'll get to that. Let's talk about Shams because yeah. you've been on this story, I believe. It's you, Shams. Shams, excuse me. Oh, my God. What a terrible podcast host. Shams, you've been on this. I think well, you, I mean, it's his name. Like yeah. I called you, like, you know, Jimmy instead of Jimmy. Don't you remember the famous Mike Francesa clip when a caller tells him the coach, the Colts coach's name is Jim Caldwell, not Cardwell, and he says, Caldwell, Cardwell, I don't care, whatever his name is, I'll call him what I want. <laughs> All right, sidetrack there. Uh, Shams, you, you, I think you broke the story. He's leaving Yahoo, has left Yahoo. Uh, looks like, is The Athletic a done deal or not? As far as I know, it's not done, but I think it's, it's going in that direction, and that's what will end up for the now, writing now, aspect of it. Now explain this to me, if you don't mind. Um, the Athletic is a pay subscriber site. Shams's whole deal is breaking news on Twitter. How does he help the Athletic? In my opinion, it's a good play. It depends. You know, I don't know how much they're paying him, but I'll say that if the I think anytime the Athletic can get mentioned in other publications, mm-hmm. um, it's good for the Athletic. It's basically not only are you reporting something. But it's free marketing that is, you know, not paying for the, the marketing. But if Shams breaks something, it's all over the Internet, and they're giving the athletic credit, I do think there is value in awareness for the athletic to get subscribers. Uh, now, Shams, well, if you look at Yahoo and you look at the articles he's written, he doesn't write long articles. There's no, you know, it's, it's unclear if he can even write, you know. Well, um, here's, you know, any, here's our first skill. disagreement. Okay. Shams breaks a story that X player is being traded to X team. Reported by the Athletic. It's all of SI says it's reported by the Athletic, ESPN. If I'm the average Joe Schmo at home, my thought process is not okay, let me go subscribe to the Athletic. My thought process is let me follow this guy on Twitter. Yeah, but the, the, the biggest misnomer with the subscription site like the Athletic is the idea that everyone needs to subscribe to it for it to be successful. They need probably one out of ten people who touch, you know, who get, who have knowledge of the athletic to subscribe to it. Okay. You know, maybe it might even be a lesser percentage because remember the athletic, because their distribution model, they can reach the whole world. So whenever billions of people are in the world and they need, when you really think about it, a very slight percentage of it. So if Shams is breaking a story that is getting credit all over the internet and more people hear about the athletic, like, well, what's the athletic? All right, let me check it out. And then all of a sudden they like it or they, you know, they try it out or they just have that awareness. You keep hearing about it. You're like, oh, maybe I should subscribe. You have a friend who likes it. Right. You know, look, they have the biggest thing for, to me when you talk about the athletic is the bigger thing is that they have to have quality throughout. You have to feel like now they're going to well, they definitely to get have quality. I mean, they have quality now. If, if you're being I'm not fair. saying they don't. I'm not yeah. saying they don't. But I'm saying they're going to hook you because you like one subject. And then the other stuff, you're like, oh, I get the other stuff. And it really doesn't cost a lot, especially if they give a lot of deals at the moment. So. Um, so to answer your first question, though, yeah, I think I do think Shams is a plus hire for them in terms of awareness, and they'll probably um, hire some other big name NBA people. And all of a sudden, you know, they have another vertical where there's a lot of well-known people. Um, and so, uh, 
So I think it does make sense. Okay, fair enough. Um, did you think Alex Rodriguez's attack on you, Darvish, was fair or not fair? Sunday Night Baseball this past week. I don't know if it's a case of fair or not fair. I mean, I just think, you know, A-Rod, I think we've talked about him a number of times. I know you don't like him at all. And um, I've had my ups and downs with A-Rod having covered him on a personal level when I was covering the Yankees. Um, so I know what he's about. I do think when A-Rod talks too much and there's too much airtime, you're going to have sequences like this where he's going to talk a little out of his behind and get himself a little bit in trouble where he's not precise with his words and um, can cause a major issue. Um, and I think that's what happened here. And I do think Joe Wolf, your Darvish's agent in the athletic, um, you know, made the comments where he went after A-Rod's credibility. And I don't think there's a great comeback for A-Rod exactly. when you that's, attack A-Rod's credibility. That's the point there. A- anytime he's going to criticize a player, the player always has the hammer with him. And it, I think it's a problem. But uh, listen, if, if A-Rod... Yeah, can I tell you I don't think it's a problem, though, Jimmy? I don't think it's a problem because I think you're... We're, you're like, I think... And, and you're kind of not like this, I don't think, overall. Is that I, I don't think people are like... Uh, looking at this like Woodward and Bernstein, like when they listen to A-Rod, they just want to be entertained. So if he has like a credibility issue, I, I agree with you. He does in the sense of when he gets into a spat with anybody, they feel like, right. listen, man, you did everything wrong. You're hated by your teammates for most of your career. Um, and so who are you to say how a clubhouse should be run? Bingo. And he could argue, well, no, I've been through those things and, and whatever. But by the end of the day, if you're listening to a broadcast on a Sunday, uh, Sunday night or Fox's pregame show during the playoffs, you want to hear good stuff and be entertained. And if he, and that's, then that's, you know, I'm not saying he does that, but that's really the bar to me, not if he has credibility or not. Yeah, well, he has no the, credibility in so many ways. He's a, he's a proven liar. Right. But here's the other issue with that. I, I would agree with you, and I'm, I, I've, I've beaten this drum my whole life from back when I was writing hot clicks to now. Sports should be entertainment, entertain me, et cetera. Here's the issue. I think, though, who's delivering the entertainment is a factor. And I think this is where I've said this a million times this is where I completely am in complete disagreement with ESPN. Nobody in America cares about Alex Rodriguez. People want to think they do. And because he was down and out with the suspension for a year and was extremely hated. And then he went from like being hated to just like whatever. And he had like, you know, a couple of good runs, I guess, on the Fox postgame. And people thought everyone was, you know, the story of them became A-Rod's reclamation, A-Rod's this, this. The truth of the matter is someone in Kansas City, someone in Chicago, someone in Boston, someone in Detroit, they do not care about Alex Rodriguez. And the perception of him with those people is still negative, despite what ESPN and Fox Sports want you to think. So when that's the case, it's hard for that guy to be the guy who's delivering your entertainment. And to prove this out, their ratings have been down this year, not up after they went out of their way to make sure Matt Versurgeon was there to work with A-Rod. So that's all I'm saying. Yeah, I agree. I don't think people tune in for A-Rod. I right. think, you know, can he help a broad I, I, I also just think at the end of the day, you know, A-Rod's okay to me on the air, but he right. just doesn't have that. Right. He's not, like, so quick on his feet. It's a lot of rehearsed stuff, and, and so he's he's okay. Right. I don't um, need, he's A-Rod. It's right. one game a week, but it's I, not great. Like, the narrative from the A-Rod supporter, uh, supporters is he loves baseball. He eats, drinks, and breathes baseball. He's, he writes, every, watches every game, writes his notes. Big deal. That doesn't mean you're good on the air. Yeah, well, he did. Look, he is very smart on base. When you could actually 
talk to him about baseball and he talks about baseball, he's the most normal, um, at least in my experience, right. than whenever he talks about anything else. So, I mean, in that regard, I do think um, he has some skills in, in that manner. But it's just if you go look, I mean, I think the big lead posted it. You guys might have as well. But him smelling that salsa the other yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, that. I mean, right. it's just like, what is he doing? And well, he's a, a cap on well, that, I mean, he's, I, I honestly think, I said this before, get up, here's a get up idea. You have A-Rod on, there's a segment every week, A-Rod eating food. Him, like, trying to eat a hot dog, him trying to open a water bottle, him smelling salsa. I mean, I would guarantee you that ratings would spike for sure. I, I would still not watch it, but I'd probably post the videos and train of thoughts and make fun of him, so that would be There fun. you go. All right, that's what I'm talking about. Um, so. ESPN... Finally, this happened, I think, two weeks ago, but I haven't mentioned it. Uh, they named the announced team for the NFL Monday night season opener of Jets-Lions. It's Beth Mowens on play-by-play. Brian Greasy uh, replaces Rex as analyst. Rex did the game with Beth last season. Um, that seems fine to me. I don't hate it. I don't love it. It's fine. Any, anything there? It's fine. Yeah. I mean, like, I agree with you. It's Rex was no terrible deal. last year. Either so, way, it's one game. Yeah. Rex was terrible, but they put him in a bad spot. I mean, Rex, I'm not saying Rex could be good, but I will say that your first time out, putting on the Monday night stage, people are trying to make him out to be the next John Madden, and he really didn't know what he was doing. Right. Um, he's with, you know, Beth, who's, who's, you know, very solid, but she's making her first appearance, and, you know, it's a big deal that she's doing the game on Monday night. And so I do think it wasn't the best. You know, I don't know how well they know each other before that. I, I, you know, I don't think they knew each other well. And so, the, you know, the chemistry when you're doing a broadcast, I just don't think they put them in a, in a great position last yeah. year. Brian Grease is fine. So this will be – there will be nothing wrong with this booth for that first game. Rex was brutal last year. Yeah, it's better year. than, like, Mike and Mike. Or Absolutely. When Berman do it. Absolutely. Yeah, that's yeah. when they got their the really second game will be The second game will be impossible to take because – no, no matter how good Tessa Tor and Witten and McFarlane are, it's it's going to be three hours of John Gruden fellatio. It's going to be hard to take. It's going to be hard. It, you know it. You know already. That's what it's going. It's going to be a three-hour John Gruden show. Well, like, but they keep saying how much better they're going to be than Gruden. So, maybe, yeah. you know, how much the chemistry of this new Monday Night team is going to be better than Gruden McDonough? Um, so. Yeah, I think they'll focus on her, but he is the story. I mean, John Gruden right, is but, the story. Yeah, but I mean, you know what? SI here's the thing: you're writing a story about right, that but, game. What would you write about? But here's about the, John Gruden. But here's the thing: ten o'clock Eastern Time Monday night after you've watched football for twelve hours on Sunday, and you got to get up at seven in the morning. The only people watching that game are the people who want to watch the game. They don't need the John Gruden three-hour soap opera. They just want to watch the game. But ESPN's not going to give you the game. They're going to give you three hours of John Gruden. Well, I'll, I'll, here's the one thing I will say. I'm going to let them do the broadcast before I decide. I don't think it's fair to, to tell them before they even do the broadcast. All right, that's fair. That's fair. To critique it. I mean, it's like, I don't know. It's, it's like me critiquing tomorrow's trainer thoughts. It's, you know, oh, it's going to be terrible because you're going to write. You know, it's not, it's not right. Probably so, will be. We're in the middle um, of summer and I have nothing to write about. But that's That is true. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, didn't, I was trying to just say that yeah. without being right. so... Well, Witten's um, off to an interesting but, start because he came out and yeah. said um, no player should be on social media, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, he wrote a column. I mean, I'm sure that you know massaged. I'm not sure if uh, <laughs> that's Jason when, Witten sitting yeah, down at the computer. No, that's and, when, uh, when he calls an editor and says the column and the editor. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Up, yeah. That's as told to, but whatever. Yeah. But he said what he said, and yeah, that was. Um, 
Yeah, that was somewhat interesting. Here's the thing. I mean, you know, they are hyping themselves up. I mean, I had a column with Booger McFarlane where he said that the other broadcasts, most of the other NFL broadcasts are stale and that they're going to be more fun. Uh, So, you know, I I do think that raised eyebrows from other broadcasters around the NFL who are like, you know, I didn't think we were stale. Um, So I do think there's a spotlight on them. But I will say this, that's what you want. I mean, the idea that you don't want, um, you know, do you want players doing that where they're on a team? Maybe not, but. Do you want well, broadcasters I, I, to say provocative things? Yeah, you do. So well, I'll be honest. Um, I, I think they will be a fun broadcast, and I'm looking forward to it. I just, I just think that first game. I just wish they were doing gotcha. any game but Gruden. But I do. I think Tessitore is great. Again, Witten, who knows? McFarlane, who knows? But I think with Tessitore being there, I think it's got the potential to be a very good broadcast booth. Um, my issue is really it's going to be that first game, which you know is just going to be so over the top. But I could see that being a fun booth. I'm looking forward to it. It'll be interesting. I mean, they got yeah. some ideas that like Booger's going to be in the Booger cart on the sideline going up and down. So um, I'm not they're thrilled. definitely going to try to be different. Yeah, I'll be honest. I'm not thrilled right now with Witten because I thought his take was so stupid. Um, because the issue is not social media. The issue is what players are saying. I think. Well, media. I think he's kind of. He seems sort of. Bl- I mean, look. Get, let's give him a chance. Right. He seems kind of bland to me. Kind of like what Booger was talking about. Like the he was an iconic player, but he's a you know close to a Hall of Famer. Uh, maybe a Hall of Famer, you know, tight end. And he's sort of that type of guy who has the name, and we don't know yet if he has the substance, and he's never really – he's never done a game. Right. So uh, – and, and what I've seen from him, again, very straightforward, give you some stuff, but, again, limited what we've seen so far, but, you know, not necessarily looking to, to offend or to, to break it down so deep. Um, and maybe he will. Again, yeah. I think the, you know you really have to give him a chance before you make any decisions. And that's just initial, initially what I've seen when he's been in you know NFL Live with these pop-ins that they've been doing and that that type of thing. Uh, let's do a couple of New York things. Um, I said this the di- the the minute it happened, and I I stand by this. My opinion will not change. You will never hear Joe Beningo's voice ever again on WFAN. Do you agree or disagree? Now, I'm not being a reporter for right now, okay? So right. I haven't reported anything saying that, so I, I will let it play itself out. But as someone using common sense and having talked to people, I think you have a good instinct um, if I were predicting yeah. because it's just, you know, I think they're, I think that regardless of the circumstances of the whole situation, um, what's ultimately going to prevail in terms of for Joe is if he has said anything or done anything that's been untoward um, over the past few years. And I think that they likely will find something internally where, you know, some of these allegations, hey, probably not all of them, and, and I don't think he had any um, sway over this um, woman's uh, career. Um, but I do think um, that he's probably not going to be back. Now, it has to play out, but let's say he does not come back. I mean, he's on leave right now. Uh, by the time the football season rolls around, uh, FAN's going to make a move. What do you think they do? Ten to one, Evan Roberts, partner, solo. What do you yeah, think? I think the obvious. Yeah, I think the obvious move would be to split up CMB, and I'd probably say maybe Bart goes with Evan, and you have Carlin and Maggie together uh, from two to four, and they're from and Bart and Evan from ten to one. I mean, you could do it other ways. 
because, you know, right now they're paying too many people for how many spots they have, you know, because of when Francesca came back. Right. So it would make more sense to do that. Now, the wild card is JJ, uh, John Jastrzemski, um, who is kind of gotten a little bit of buzz. I've helped him with that a little bit because I think, you know, he does have a different sound, a little bit like Russo. You know, Jerry's still out if he knows what he's talking about, if the content's really good. But when you listen to him, to me, there's a uniqueness to him that is um, fun to listen to uh, from what I've heard. Um, and so uh, I do think perhaps he has a shot. I could also see him kind of uh, being on with Francesa a little bit more, um, you know, as a protege of sorts um, for Mike. And he really livens up that show when he's been on it. So even, you know, to help Mike get a little bit more juice into that program. Um, I'm just thinking about what you said. You know, if you move Bart Scott to the Evan Roberts slot, the only the, the problematic thing with that is, I, I think most people agree. I, I I can't say that I've listened immensely, but most people's opinion is that Bart is the weak weak link on that show. And now, if he moves to the Roberts show, he's on for three hours. Do you have inside a day. information on that, Jimmy? In terms of what? Inside information of anybody you know who thinks he's the weak link? No, I'm talking about fans, people who listen to the station. Oh, okay, fans. Yeah, yeah. Okay, gotcha. So then he's on for three hours a day as opposed to two. Does that fight? But I mean, in football season, see, I think I think the people have the problem people have with Bart Scott is the baseball stuff. But during football season, you probably want him on three hours a day. Yeah, um, football, he's tremendous. Yeah. Baseball, he's right. really awful. Right. I know he's trying. I've been told a number of times from people from FAN he's working his butt off, and I'm sure he is. It's just you can't make up not knowing the history, not knowing the game. He called runs points once when I was listening. You just can't do it. I mean, you're on New York Sports Radio. Um, I think it comes across well. His personality um, is good. Uh, but, well, I think, yeah, the baseball aspect and is I think, an Yeah, and I think people should give him a chance during the football season because he, he will bring a unique perspective. The guy was on the NFL today, for God's sake. He can talk about the NFL. Um, and he also he, – the thing I like about him, too, for the last point is that he – He's not only into like the X's and O's, but he'll give you transaction stuff, which a lot of X players sometimes don't. They're not as interested in it. And you can tell he's still very interested in that part of the game. Yeah. And he gives you a little, he knows stuff and he gives you a little bit, um, which, you know, he knows more football than anybody on that station. All right, let me ask you the most important question in all of New York sports right now at the moment. What is going on with Mike Francesa's app? Yeah, I have a little something on that that I'm going to – it's like one of his <laughs> – I'm not going to say yet because I'll probably write something eventually about it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think he's working on it. He's talked about it coming out in August. And, um, you know, I think he'll be subscription-based, as he's kind of so, said. So do, is um, what you're going to write about, do you have the, the like groundbreaking thing he's going to be doing that he said no one else knows how to do and that he's reinventing apps and – is that what your column has? <laughs> I don't think. Yeah, I don't think there's. I mean, maybe I'll find that. I don't think there's a groundbreak. I mean, no. I think maybe in his mind there might be a groundbreak. But he said he's going to do stuff I, with apps that no one's ever done before. I don't, that's not I what mean, you have? I mean, that's the whole no. feel now, isn't it? That's the whole feel that he's going to so, do apps and that it's basically going to be radio.com. I mean, his app is going to be a, is completely pay? There's going to be no free portion of it? No, I'm not saying that. No, I, don't oh. that. I don't know that. Um, no, I don't think so. I think he already said that his NFL show. Will be on there for free or for pay? pay for the app to hear that. But yeah, I don't think people. Whoa, whoa, wait, wait, wait! The Sunday night show for the Sunday morning show, free or pay? I don't know, but oh boy, um, you can't make people pay for that show. Come on, I don't think many people would pay for it. No. But I did 
had someone tweet at me that the app will um, will separate the super fans from the psychopaths. So um, aren't they all psychopaths? Are are there are there enough people to pay? I mean, again, we got we talked about the athletic. You don't need that many people to pay to to make it successful. I I mean, maybe not. In his eyes, right, I don't not, need that many people. I'm not trying to be a wise ass here. I'm asking this legitimately as like the host of the show. Yeah. And and I don't if you can't mention it because you're writing about it, fine, I respect that. What what can he give people th- that they'd pay for? Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, okay. I don't know. I don't know. I I'm not saying even if I do, it's not like I think necessarily be successful, but um, well, forget successful. What exactly? I, I don't think. Look, here's the thing. Let's let's just get to the let's just cut to the chase. Though. The app, yes, he's going to do an app, but that was all a front. The app thing is. Yeah, but Andrew, real. he said he came to come back. He said he came back to do the app. He said he came back for the app. I know he. You know, I don't know if you know this, Jimmy. <laughs> I don't know. Wait, you don't tell me. You don't tell me he made that up. No, don't. He sometimes has trouble with the truth. I know it's hard to believe. All right. All right. Uh, Funhouse on Twitter. A friend that's uh, you know has clips where he says one thing, and then ten minutes later is like different. Yeah, so sometimes Mike seems to have trouble with the truth. I think this is one of those times. I find it shocking that he here's did... the thing about the app. Here's the thing about the app. You don't need to come back to WFAN to do an app. You I could have done an app with CAA. I find this shocking that he didn't come back for the app. I, I, this, this is major breaking news right here because he said he came back for the app. So. Um, no, all right, let's know. move out. Let's move on from the Pope. Last one, and we're going to end on a very depressing note. And sorry to do this to everyone, but it it's very sad. The Daily News, you write for the Post, and the Post I thought was very classy throughout. Um, you know, bloodbath at the Daily News. More than fifty percent of the staff cut. Sports staff went from thirty-five to nine. Um, you work at a newspaper. Can they survive like this? I'm hoping they can. Um, I mean, <laughs> you know, I think, look, I, I don't know. I can't speak for the exact financials of, of either place. I do know that the post has been on the way up that, you know, the most recent last month that we had in the news information category, we were 13th, we passed BuzzFeed overall for, so yeah, it's going to be, you're going to have to be web focused, app focused. You have to be, um, you know, build your business. You can't just, it's not just a, you know, a one-way street. You have to have other revenue streams. Um, but, you know, our circulation is still pretty high. I believe it's near 300,000. I could be wrong on that. Don't quote me. Um, and, you know, like I said, 13th news and information, you know, CNN is one. Um, you know, I think we're kind of getting closer, knocking on that door to the top 10 where we can, you know, maybe get into there. So we're going up, um, you know, on a personal level. And, you know, for me, I wouldn't have left ESPN if I didn't think that the Post was going to be in business. Now, I don't know that for certain, um, but um, I felt good enough about it to, to make that move. Listen, um, you know, obviously ESPN's laying off people, yeah. too, so it wasn't exactly that's a steady ship at the moment for an individual. Um, and so the uh, so bottom line, though, is uh, they're going to have to transform. And if you believe that blocks is worth all this money and BuzzFeed is worth all this money, well, then you have to probably um, figure out the Internet um, as well as you can as you move away from print because the actual paper edition, you know, in five years, ten years, likely won't be around, maybe quicker, maybe right. longer. Right. But, uh, but, yeah, that's not going to be 
Well, you know, do you know anybody under 30 if they ever bought a newspaper? Most of them probably haven't. Right. No doubt. And that's the thing about it is I'm I'm not naive. I'm in this business. I, I work for a website. I know the struggles. I know the challenges. So I'm not surprised that something would happen like this. What surprised me, though, is, you know, maybe if you're not from New York, you don't get it. But in New York, where there's a million sports teams, to me, that's where you can, if you're the Post, the Daily News, capitalize, make money, draw interests, is with covering the sports. And they decimated their sports department. That's what I found most shocking. Um, You know, New York people, New York sports fans consume it. Yankees, Met, I mean, even you know everything. Jets, Giants, Knicks. Um, well, it's uh, clear though, Jimmy, that Trunk had no plan. They right. basically admitted that. Right. So when the people they let go, I mean, nobody should say, "Well, they might, well, you know, well, there must be." There's nothing wrong with the people they let go. Right. They were just unlucky, and so yes, you're right. They have no plan, and that's an issue. It is expensive to to, to cover teams. Um, I will say this, though. Someone is going to have to cover them. You know, there is, like you said, there is interest at a different level, and there's kind of an authority um, level that even people who sometimes um, think that, you know, reporters are bad or whatever, we're all biased and we're all this, that, and the other thing is, I would just say, when you look at websites, I mean, where does most of the information come from? Now, some of the reporting anybody could do. I, if you go to Aaron Boone's press conference and he says something, you write it down and report that. I mean, that's not a skill. But there is something about knowing what's important, what's not important, knowing the game. And also, this is, this is the specific thing, is knowing how to get information, to get more information and have more information. The issue, of course, is that once you have the information, then it's everybody can use that information. So how do you make it so people come to your website and, and make it so there's value and, and make the whole advertising um, aspect work? It's a big puzzle that, that's hard to put together. But, um, um, you know, the, the Daily News with Tronk especially wasn't really trying. Sad. Very sad. I mean, I, you know, I mean, part of the reason I do what I do is because I, you know, would buy the Daily News and the Post every day when I was in high school and college. So it's a bummer. It's an absolute bummer. Yeah, it stinks. Yeah. It really does stink. Yeah. And, you know, having, I'm a post guy, even when I was at ESPN, I used to say, I still believe black and red because uh, that's where I was first hired as a young person. All right. No need to uh, wave but, the pom poms and, you know. But this is Don't use the SI Media Podcast. Don't use the SI Media Podcast to try to get a raise. <laughs> when you, but when you thought about the Daily News and the Post, we were at each other. It was a yeah. real war. I remember I got in trouble once when TJ Quinn was at the Daily News. I did an interview with the big lead. This was years ago. And then he said something. They asked me something about the Daily News, and I said, you know, something like, um, I don't know, something about being friends with T.J. Quinn, and he's at the Daily News then. And uh, I don't know, my boss called me. <laughs> it was just like, it wasn't like, a, like I was in trouble, but it was just sort of, it wasn't, I don't know if I should have, like, said, I don't know, they, they didn't want that uh, in there, perhaps. And so it was, it's been heated over right, the right, years. Right. And so for it to end this way, you know, because it's basically over, um, is very sad. You That's know, the way you want to win. You you said about getting in trouble and heated and something. So you just remind you just jog my brain and remind me of something. So now we can end on something much more cheery than the Daily News demise. Good. So you got in a big Twitter thing with James Andrew Miller and Jason Whitlock. It was like a three way thing going on there with over John Skipper. And you usually stay out of the Twitter fray like that. I, I thought it was very interesting to see you mix it up. Um, but you were on the same side as Jason Whitlock, which is you know not great. What uh? What what's the beef there? Wait, I, should, I should I should say what I thought, even if it's on the same side as Jason Whitlock. It should the... give you pause, is what it should do. Okay. 
So, base, so you think James Andrew Miller is in the tank for John Skipper? I think, yeah, I said that. I think I wrote that. Um, I find it nauseating that he says that, uh, um, you know, all ESPN employees like you so popular. Right. When he was responsible for laying off 500 people. And it seems like. But is, know, he, is he really the one responsible he, for that? I mean, Are you it's, really going to make this argument? Well, I, I, he's I, the president. Hold on a second. He's the president of ESPN. They laid off 500 people. You're telling me you don't think he has responsibility in there? Is oh, there no, other no. people there's responsible? A, there's a big difference between having responsibility and being responsible, as if he's the only one. I mean, it's a Disney corporation thing. I guess he wasn't the only one, right. but he's not an innocent bystander. He isn't doing um, stats and information and feeding people the, uh, you know, uh, Stats for Sports Center, so they can say their little intros and you know have a good right, but, stat about the Mets. Right, but is he's he the laying, president of ESPN? Right, but is he's he, the one who made the deals with the NFL. Right. He's the one who made a deal with the U.S. Open tennis. Did the ESPN need the U.S. Open tennis for seventy-five million dollars? Sure, probably not. They need programming. You think they do? Live program. There's still nothing better than live programming for sports. Get it, but they paid seventy five. I don't know exactly what CBS was offering. Well, I mean, look, Fox just paid Fox just paid billions for Jimmy less than seventy five. Fox just paid billions for thirteen NFL games a year. I mean, you know, the prices for sports packages are outrageous. It does it U.S. Open, NFL, whatever, NBA, whatever it is, everyone's paying ridiculous. Look what Fox just paid for WWE. Okay, but what? All right, that doesn't mean it's right. No, no, I'm not saying. The bottom line is, but I'm just saying. The bottom line is the. I would say Skipper's reign was not very good. I'm not go over decision after decision, and it's hard to find many good ones. I'm not defending him, and I'm not saying he didn't make mistakes. All I'm saying is, I don't think you know he wanted to lay those people off. I think business for a, a cable company in the age of streaming and cord cutting, th- there are things out of his control that he wasn't responsible for. I don't, that's what I'm saying. Yes, he may have played a role in some of those. But he was, here's the thing, here's the thing, yes. But here, here's the thing that. I mean, he was know, the president when I, the cord I, cutting really was at its peak and beginning to really make, you know, do damage to people. I get it. I get how hard it was to predict cord cutting. I get it. I guess most, if not all people, kind of missed how quickly it came about. But that was his job. Fair. Okay? That's so fair. that might be, that might be like, you know, hard, but. He got paid. I have no idea what he got paid, but he made a lot of money. Right. His job was to foresee that when he was doing all these deals, okay, doubling the NBA contract, which might be a good deal, might not be. I mean, everyone's like, it's a great deal because NBA is hot. The NBA is hot, but ESPN also doubled how much they were paying for it. So, and maybe that is a good deal. Maybe it's, it's not. It's a good deal because it's, it's it, the, what the what the NBA has done for ESPN is nothing but positive. Yeah, but you, but you, but you, but. But you act like the business, like, then you should just pay anything for everything. Well, that's what all these companies I mean, are that's doing. Not, you, don't, you don't know what the books are, which I don't. I'm not saying I do. But I know that they get, I know they get, I know they get eight or nine dollars a household. They do, but there's less people paying that. Right. So would you have been better off? So they made the deal for so much because Fox Sports One was trying to get in on it. And I'm not saying, I, again, I'm not privy to what the negotiations were, but let's say Fox had gotten a game of the week. For four hundred million, and ESPN has spent four hundred million less. Would they be in better? Is that a better scenario for ESPN or a worse? Scenario? Well, Fox would be in a lot better position if they had an NBA game once a week. I know that for sure. So maybe, but ESPN would probably be in the exact same position if you're talking monetarily. They probably would not have lost one subscriber, you know, and, and one more subscriber than they already are losing, and they would have stayed four hundred million dollars. That's his job. 
right, I'll let $75 you. $75 million to the U.S. Open. $75 million to the U.S. Open when CBS was paying, offering either a third of that or a little more than a third of that, most likely. Um, how is that? Do you really need the U.S. Tennis Open if you're ESPN? You have to have it. Andrew, what's going to be on Mike Frances's app that people are going to pay for? <laughs> I'll let you. I'll let. I'll let you. I'll let you win the John Skipper argument. Just what are people going to pay for in Mike Francesa's app? I got to know. What I don't think they're going to. I mean, I don't know if they're going to pay for it or not. But I think he'll probably, you know, have. Uh, I, I'm not. I'm going to write. I'm going to write an article. And then right. well, maybe I'll come back on. Okay, I'm looking forward to that. Thanks for your time today. This was fun, and uh, you will uh, obviously be back. Let's get get all that information on Mike's app, please. All right. Thanks, Jimmy. Thanks, All right. Take care. All right. That wraps up this edition of the SI Media Podcast. I'm your host, Jimmy Trainer. My thanks to Ken Rogers from Hard Knocks, senior coordinating producer from NFL Films. Good behind-the-scenes stuff on that legendary show. And my thanks to New York Post media reporter Andrew Marshan. Good conversation about a multitude of topics, so... Good stuff today. I appreciate you listening, and we will see you next week. Next week on the SI Media Podcast, the entire cast of Good Morning Football in studio. So that should be good, and uh, looking forward to that. So we'll see you next week on the SI Media Podcast. Take care. Do you know about the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one daily sports podcast network? Locked On has a daily podcast on every NBA and NFL team, plus a growing lineup of college and MLB teams. You get a daily bite-sized podcast giving you the latest on your team from the local experts. Lakers fans, search Locked On Lakers. Cowboys fans, search Locked On Cowboys. Just search Locked On, your favorite team, on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, or tell your smart speaker to play podcast Locked On, your favorite team. Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is... And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid back nature. He's a family man and being a country mega star while also having seven kids. You know, he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count.